This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. We say things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening. Greetings, salutations, welcome everybody to We Say Things episode 160. Big milestone because it ends in a zero. Uh, yes. Suns fan with Cinder in here. And we have some great patrons to shout out today. So let's say hello to all our friends, including but not limited to Yatoro does it again, Cinderin. Mr. Cakes will see you in Arlington. Look for the tangos. I actually did see him. And the tangos were a literal tattoo on his arm that were colored to look oh. just like a tango. They're actually quite nice. Uh, how many holes are in a straw? One or two? That's a good question, actually. I think it's one hole. It just extends. Right? Yeah. That's what one. I would say. One. Uh, but then again, what if your anus extends to your mouth, Cinderin? Is that one hole? Starting off on a good note this time. All right. A Scorpy. Obi-Wan can blow me. Casual hookups not working for you. Try competitive ranked hookups for a better overall experience. Lol. Where is the publicity for Dragon's Blood? Quote an ad. What is the meaning of life? <laughs> Oscar Seeker. Make Drow great again. Roundy 3. Games for falling asleep thinks Dota 2 needs millions of active players for a healthy matchmaker. Marketing to the masses. Valve P. Disco Farm D, Stoogey Stooge Stooge, I'm looking you dead in the eye and telling you what I want. I want it bad. Hashtag no tall Cinderman. Why are you reading it as no tall again instead of not all? You've done this before already. No tall Cinderman. <laughs> <laughs> I I expunge my brain every time I read this. That's the worst name that we have. Akuna Matata lasts oh. because it gets to 48 degrees Celsius here. Commander Donut, Milan Miami, the Mega Pope. The man with a velvet touch, and what does it take to be happy, and why aren't you doing it? TI in New Zealand. And Zan Xavier, Nate Thicko, Zero One Hamscroat, Bacon, Shark TM, what did the man shout when killed by an Iranian Spectre player? Dispersion. I don't get That's it. That's pretty good. What's Dispersion. The... Oh, <laughs> I get it now. All right. That's pretty good. Freshly seasoned goat balls. Janie, Dop, nothing to see here. Underscore man. Guitar strings recommends importing flocks from Han. Je suis ouvre Can we get Seb on the podcast? Um, prob maybe. That's a that's a new name, by the way. We haven't had that for like two months. That's why we until <laughs> yeah, till we get Ben Broomhead just wants to faceless arcanize that so much to ask. Also, maybe some map changes wouldn't hurt. Plus one. Pitch black, wooden aftertaste, anonymous, and Peter. Only around forty percent of people have an inner monologue narrating their thoughts throughout the day. Nibbling. Does do you have an inner monologue? Yeah, I do. Probably. So does Nikki. I've only asked you and her. All three of us do. Yeah. Forty percent. Is that true? I, f I, 
I don't know. I, I feel like maybe people's interpretation of this is different, right? When they get asked the question. Okay. Because this is something you can't measure this, right? So you're only you're only going to go with testimonials. So, like maybe some people, I don't know, don't consider it an inner monologue, or maybe feel like it's a negative thing so they don't want to associate with it like whatever i just find it hard to believe i see i don't know i mean we'll see in the comments right but we will 40 percent of people <clears throat> like everybody has this <laughs> well i thought that everybody could I guess see pictures yeah. in their mind but that's not everybody right that is true that is very true okay so. <clears throat> let's start off with uh my wife gave me a nice birthday present that arrived today happy birthday shannon it's not my birthday was, anymore. I know. It was during the Arlington Major, right? That's right. It was the last day of the Major, and I got a paid day off. <laughs> they didn't schedule me for anything. I'm like, okay, sure. That's a pretty good gift. <laughs> yeah, I guess That's so. That's actually a pretty good gift. I uh, couldn't have asked for anything better myself, but my wife did top it. Uh, she bought me a new microphone setup. Oh. Uh, she had her own already, so she kind of been beta testing it, and then we bu she bought another one. It's very expensive, Cinderin. Uh, oh. This is... I had to look up the names. The microphone itself is the Shure SM7B. And it's hooked up to a TC Helicon Go XLR mixer. And the mixer is pretty fucking sick. I'm not, I haven't really tweaked it very much. I need to like watch some tutorials. But it's like this giant... This big thing on my desk now. And it's got some cool leds when you switch settings it physically changes the knobs on it it's it's pretty sick i'm not gonna lie. damn apparently a lot of like podcasters <clears throat> and streamers use this same setup so but again it's quite expensive so understandably why not a ton of people maybe but yeah hopefully i sound better uh, i think one it issue sounds very good to me one issue i was having with the last mic was when i would laugh it would kind of break up my let me just test it <laughs> so hopefully that doesn't break up in uh, your ears oh it sounded great Shannon. so thank I'm you glad we <laughs> we tested it on the podcast <laughs> yep i agree all right next thing on the list won't Amazing. talk about it too much but csgo apparently came out with a new update uh that includes a map that Oh. Finally, made me install Counter-Strike today just to walk around because I've been begging for it. Two maps that I've been waiting for. One of them was Season, which it's not... Install CSGO. You had it uninstalled. I, ha I literally have not opened it in over five years. CSGO? Yes. When, when do I play CSGO? You've definitely played in the last five years. I surely. don't think so. Wow. Okay. Anyway, back to the point. Two maps I've been waiting yep. for. Season, which came out like a long time ago. It's the most balanced map of all time. Uh, it's This is not the one that came out, but I'm just mentioning that they did come out with it in like, oh. the community workshop a long time ago. People didn't like the textures of all things, so it never made it in, which I've always like berated Valve or mm -hmm. whoever's involved in actually making these decisions because that is the most balanced map of all time, period. The second best map, though, my personal second favorite at least, is a map that started out as Mill, CPL Mill, 
was and I remember we used to play that in competitive all the time and it had some issues because one side I believe it was B like you would almost never go because there was just like one big choke point like they had a sewer entrance but it didn't really count uh, but the other side of the map everybody loved right so they remade the map into Tuscan which is identical pretty much in A side and then B is totally redesigned to be awesome and we played mm -hmm. that in Source, and that was a an S-tier map, and they finally came out with that in CSGO, and I walked around, and it is almost identical. I think the sewer entrance in A uh, is slightly different location, but other than that, it was pretty much exactly the same. I remembered all the spots. Uh, I'm actually thinking about just trying... See, that's the thing. If they had a 120-tick server, Cinder, I would play it. Okay, I would play it, but they don't. Uh, the fact that you have to pay um, a third party, aka ESEA, to plan 120 tick servers for matchmaking is fucking stupid. Uh, but aside from that, I'm very happy that they finally come out with Tuscan because that map is sick as fuck. So you should, if you play it, you should try it sometime. Okay. I play CSGO sometimes with friends, <laughs> so I'll tell them to play Tuscan. Yes, play it. If it's if it if A is basically identical to Mill, I wonder if I'll remember it because I haven't played that map since one point six, obviously. Uh, yeah, so, but I used to like that map a lot. So, so. for Mill, the A side is ninety percent identical. The one difference is there's a sewer entrance into site. Mm -hmm. That's the only difference. So it's just like a literal tunnel into a single door. So it's like a yeah, yeah. That map is god tier. Uh, so good job, CS:GO. It's the first compliment I've given CS:GO in quite a while. Well, uh, you haven't talked about them in five years, I'm assuming. So no, that's not true. We we've no, that's not true. we've berated them. You of course really hate it. Uh, mm, absolutely. Uh, okay. Next thing on the list is the PGL Arlington Major, which just concluded. Uh, I figured I'd talk about my experience as a whole and the tournament itself. So I guess first things first, the experience. Um, it was very good. I think the fact that it was in North America really helped me because as you know i've been ridiculously burnt out uh, but the fact mm. that it was like only a two-hour flight it didn't really feel like i was i don't know what the difference is being that far away from home versus just a couple hour flight does make a difference for me mm -hmm. um the weather was not not that anybody gives a shit very humid did not like that portion but the tournament was good uh, some small complaints, like the last day I went into the crowd and I looked, or I was in close to the back of the seating area and the screen was like super small. You could barely see anything. I know some people mm. complain about that. And I think it's probably because a lot of the tournaments that they have there are for like fighting games or FPS games, which you don't need that big of a screen. But for this one, it was like just looking for tiny detail. Yeah. It's almost unwatchable. Uh, so the, the fact that they didn't have another screen or anything was unfortunate, but uh, the crowd was super hype. It felt very captain's drafty because I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that's the last live event with a crowd for an official Valve tournament, right? In NA. In NA, yes. Yeah, I think so. So, it, like, we had about 2,000 on the last day, I think, of captain's draft minor. And this one, I think the capacity was 2,500, if I'm not mistaken. So, a little mm -hmm. bit more, but super hype. Really happy to meet a lot of the people. We got to play our custom game in like the Sony area with a bunch of fans. That was really, really cool. I didn't get COVID, which is even cooler. Nice. And it was fun hanging around the talent, of course, and 
all the new people, my wife included. I thought they really did a good job. And yeah, it was it was a very positive experience. Very sad that you weren't able to be there because I had to cast with Jenkins. Um, yeah, but it was what fun. can you do? It was still fun. Uh, okay, so for the actual tournament itself, I'm sure you watched a little bit of it. Oh, it's good chunks. Yeah. Okay, I'll bring up the bracket real quick. Uh, well, actually, we didn't talk about any of the tournament, did we? So, in terms of the groups, PSG LGD got first place in their group. They lost a singular game, and it was to Sonics, who actually did not make it out of groups. They got last, eliminated from the tournament. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'll bring up the bracket now, but for Group A, PSG LGD, Outsiders, OG, and Fnatic were the top four, so they got upper bracket status with Aster, Entity, Spirit, and Boom on the other side. Uh, then the two lower bracket teams for both sides were RNG and Team Liquid and EG and Beast Coast. And then the teams that were actually eliminated right off the bat, Talon, Thunder Awaken, Sonics, Na'Vi, and Tundra. So let's start with that. Anything surprise you here? Because we we picked teams to do well. I picked Na'Vi mm -hmm. as just a random guess, and they got eliminated. Right. So that was unfortunate. Anything so else? So I think... If I'm not mistaken, so we had our dark horses and white white donkeys, right? Which has been and renamed to Dim Mules for Liquid specifically by Jenkins. <laughs> uh, I uh, I think my dark horse was Talon, um, and they keep that status. Obviously, they got eliminated. They got seventh in their group, so just barely didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, uh, pretty close though. Uh, and who were the white donkeys we had? I'm trying to remember mine. I had Liquid as a white donkey. Yeah. I don't, did I have that too? What was my dark horse though? Was it Navi? Or did I pick, did I pick Tundra as that actually? Because we, we were talking about a couple that could, you know, really flop out even though they're... I think I might have picked Tundra. Actually. <sighs> Let me move the graphics so your face is... Uh, there you go. I do not remember, Shannon. I do not remember. There you go. I get to see your face. Uh, but now that like now that we're talking about the groups, so surprises in the groups for me, the biggest surprises overall, probably... Um, I was not expecting Aster to get first in their group, but it's a very... I'm, I'm really happy to see China doing better again on land, not just PSGLGD. Um... Aside from that, honestly, when I look through this, not too many surprises, really. Uh, I also expected EG to do better, right? Mm -hmm. uh, going into the tournament, you predicted them to win. I predicted them to get second. Uh, yeah. That did not happen. Uh, they got... 12th. They got 12th, right? and they were not qualified yeah. for TI by the time they lost, Okay. But because That's of true. other teams doing a little bit better, and I think Beast Coast is the reason that EG has qualified. Now, we'll talk about the DPC points and all that afterwards. Mm -hmm. um, but in terms of like the beginning of these brackets, LGD looked completely, <laughs> felt like TI, completely unstoppable. They lost a single game in groups, and then in the playoffs, up until the grand finals, they lost one game as well. So up until the grand finals, they lost two single games. Yep. And they had some crazy comebacks as well. They were down like 20K. I remember we had the first reverse top hat shellacking I've ever witnessed. It was absurd. I believe that was them. 
Uh, but yeah, they, they end up going to the grand finals and they face off against Team Spirit, who, I mean, it's not that they had a bad showing, but it wasn't like dominant up until that point. They looked mortal, if you will. In fact, mm-hmm. they, yeah, so in the finals, it was just absurd. LGD takes game one, not even close. And then Spirit just three throws them after the fact. And the second game was the longest game of the tournament, which was super close. I think it, so. It was seventy-five minutes, and all the way until the end, you had no idea who was going to win. Yep. It was very, very close the whole time. And then I think in game three, LGD got really outdrafted. I think the way they brute forced that Naga pick did not make sense to me. Uh, and game number four, LGD were in a really really powerful position and then they dropped the ball so you know it, it was interesting to see how this finals in a way reminded me a little bit of what happened at ti right it's it's not in the same order though so at ti if you remember lgd lose the first two games by prioritizing wisp over everything else and they get magnus and then they adapted for game three and four where they changed it up they didn't prioritize wisp as high they gave magnus more respect they counterpicked it with rubik i think it was banned one game and then game five, they're in this really good position. They're looking to win, and then they have one key moment that fails, and then Spirit just runs over them afterwards. This time around, the hero that's the Wisp in this scenario is the Naga, who they're picking in game two, where I think it was a really good pick. I, it made a lot of sense to me why they would pick Naga there, but they lose. Then in game three, they run it back in a game that's infinitely worse for Naga, and they get stomped. And then in game four, they're in this great position, just like in game five of the finals, and then they drop the ball and get countered, and then Spirit run over them. It, in so many ways, it felt like I was watching the same series, is that the games were in different order. Mm. Um, so that was kind of interesting to me, because PSGLGD to me is a team that, you know, they, they seem kind of unbeatable or absolutely incredible until the grand finals, and then something just happens. And I don't know what, exactly what it is, I don't want to discredit Spirit. I think they played amazing too. Like if you don't if you don't play well against LGD in the finals, you're not going to win. So Spirit had to bring out their A game, but I have to say I was a bit disappointed, especially in game 3 and 4 from LGD just because game 3 the outdraft was just l- below their level, I feel like. And in game number 4, the way they lost that game was also really disappointing for their standards. They had an 8k lead, they take one bad fight, then they brute force a 3v5. They lose that, and then they kind of just lost two lanes of racks. Yeah, um, and the question begs: uncharacteristic. Do, does LG and again, Spirit got to give them credit, but at the same time, does LGD choke? Because going into this tournament, in fact, they they played each other in the upper bracket finals, and PSG LGD won two zero. So yeah, up in, like once the grand final started, uh, between that time and the last TI, I think LGD won like what eight in a row or something. Like they just stomped them every game. There was the Riyadh thing where they just swept them. There was like a four zero sweep uh, throughout that yeah. tournament, and then I can't remember if they played before that. But either way, and, they, and it, they hadn't lost the it game. It can't be the monetary stakes, right? Because it, it's not about what's at stake in a sense. Because Riyadh had a way bigger prize pool for first, and they rolled them, right? So it's not because they're like getting in their heads about, oh, this is a big prize pool, you know, it's a high-pressure situation. That's not the case. It's either something about the BO5 format or uh, the title of a Valve Major, or it's something about the crowd, Mm. whatever it is. Something is just different for LGD in these situations. And honestly, that's to me, that's the only thing this team needs to work on. 
Because aside from that, they're the best team in the world, and I still think they are. And I, I don't know how many times they need to get second or get beat by someone like this before I say they're not the best team in the world, but I still think they're the best team, even though they lost two series to Spirit, one in a Valve Major and one at TI. It's just you look over the entirety of the year, and this team is just the best. But they, they didn't have it when it mattered the most this time around, again. Um, but like you said, until now, and that's obviously why people's perceptions will possibly be different from what's actually been happening across the last two years. If you only watch Valve tournaments, you'd be like, Team Spirit is the best team in the world. LGD just can't beat this team. When as a matter of fact, you know, like you said, they can beat them consistently, just not in the biggest best of fives. Yeah. So overall, gameplay-wise, the tournament was really good. Um, the peak yeah, viewership games. Uh, apparently was the second highest of all time for majors, number one being Kiev. Back in 2017, I think. Uh, so that's nice. Obviously, it is North America, so I don't know if that helps, but I would assume it does. Um, or does it? I don't even know. The NA, like the player base, isn't very mm. big, so I don't see why it would. Thinking help. about the time zone, right? So when was the game played? NA time. It was played around 10 a.m. was the start. Early after. Yeah, but the grand finals were played early afternoon, right? Because 10 a.m. was the lower bracket final. Right, but so I don't... The Grand it, Finals probably started the, like two or three. Was the peak the Grand Finals? I mean, it usually is. I think but. so. So it says here peak viewers was at 1020 uh, or 2220, right? And that's... Is that CEST, I'm assuming? I think it is. Couldn't tell So you. that would be... Yeah, that would be American afternoon. And that means the viewership from Europe is going to be amazing because it's evening hours. And for SEA, it's probably going to be less good because it's like late in the night, right? But I think a lot of fans will still stay up to watch the finals at like 3 a.m., right? Like people do with the Super Bowl or whatever. So I think it's pretty decent. It's a, it's a pretty good time slot. Um, but yeah, the, the best one might still be European evening because then you have all of Europe and CIS watching, right? That yeah. might be... But you should have that here too. I don't know. It's fine. It's a it's a good time slot at least. NA NA has good times. Uh, but to sum up the end of the tournament, something kind of hit me uh, in the way that Spirit. I mean, obviously they played well. They had a lot of emotion. There was was it the Toronto Tokyo typing? What do you mm. haters think or whatever it was? What now haters? <laughs> what now haters? And then they actually show like great emotion other than Maposhka, uh, which that's felt like a normal Dota player, right? Everybody else showed like really big emotion. You saw a selfie on the stage with the crowd behind them. Like this is the kind of stuff that I've been waiting for, for the players to look like actual human beings that are like really excited about winning. And this isn't even TI. This is just a major. They'd already qualified for the ma for the TI a long time ago. Right. So yeah, it's just really cool to see like these younger guys that are, it feels like they're they're the embodiment of the modern day esports player, or what I thought that that would be already. You know what I mean? I don't know how to explain it I, exactly. I, I think it's not a coincidence that all of the young guys are emotional and excited, and want to take pictures. And Miposhka has played Dota for too long to have any emotion left. <laughs> he used it all. That's true. There's, it's the same for me. I'm just like literally a facade. There's nothing behind it. What were you like um, before you played Dota? That's what I want to know. Oh. I don't know, probably full of life and energy and optimistic about the future. Mm, um, I see. Something like that. Mm. Yeah. Hopeful. Okay. Then he played support, and it all went downhill from there. 
Imagine, Shannon, the amount of hours I've sunk into Dota. I could have had three doctorates or learned three <laughs> instruments. Or and here three we are. instruments. Hmm. Okay. Three doctorates? You equate that with three instruments? That feels a little lopsided. Becoming a master at an instrument is about oh, the same a as master becoming a master at an instrument. Yeah. An instru okay. Mastery is 10,000 hours, right? That's what you usually say. Sure. Mastery of something. I mean, you can so. play, you said play something. That's a little different. Yeah, okay, sure. Uh, okay, let's talk about the DPC points and the teams that have officially qualified. A lot of this has not changed, yep. of course, but uh, in order from 1 to 12, PSG LGD, OG, Team Spirit, Beast Coast, Aster, Thunder Awaken, Boom, TSM, Tundra. So these are the ones that the next three we weren't sure of coming into this event, mm -hmm. I believe. Game and Gladiators despite not being at the event, just because other teams weren't able to go very far. EG, like we said, ended up qualifying because of some losses. Uh, and then the big story, <laughs> Fnatic is yep. going to be the 12th team. Uh, so that means Outsiders, which we'll get to this drama in just a second, did not make it. And then Team Liquid, which I picked as the... Or we both picked, maybe, as the... Uh, definitely talked about it. White Donkey, but... See, Jenkins made it a dim mule instead, somewhere in between, because they have... Mm. It's not that they have high expectations and they're not going to do well. They don't have that high expectations on LAN, actually, based on their past mm -hmm. results. So it's kind of like an in-between thing. Either way, they really dropped the ball despite making it to the playoffs. Uh, yeah, they just kind of lost out and will not be going to will not be directly invited to TI. Obviously, can get in through the qualifiers and whatnot. But yep. the big story, Cinderin, is the Outsiders and Fnatic one. Because when we cast the tournament, when the tournament was done, it was like, okay, Outsiders, they're going to be the 12th team. Fnatic are the one. Because they didn't win this last match. And they were very, mm -hmm. obviously, sad about it. They had the three stand-ins. But, I mean, that's another thing we didn't really talk about. The fact that they did so well with three TSM members is kind of crazy. But they just didn't quite make it. But then, Valve came out with a tweet. We are aware of disc a discrepancy regarding how the DPC standings are calculated when compared to unofficial sources. The DPC website reflects the official standings for the 2021-2022 season. So, I don't... I'm not going to lie, Cinder. I know there's some rounding stuff going on here. Maybe you mm -hmm. have a little bit more info on what actually happened. I can happened do a TLDR. Here. Yes. Yeah. So basically, whenever you get penalty points as a team, which is when you replace players, right? Or if you attend a tournament with, uh, without your full roster, depending on the conditions, uh, you don't score full points. And I think for both Fnatic and Outsiders, at least for Outsiders, there's been penalties because they've switched up their roster. Um, and what matters here is when you round essentially so what liquipedia which was the source that most people go to for everything about dota because it's super updated it's usually basically in my experience it's always correct it's extremely rare that you find a flaw there in anything from rule sets to standings to scores to all of it it's just very very well run um According to Liquipedia, Outsiders would have 1,020.05 points, and Fnatic would have a flat 1020. And the reason Outsiders has this flat or this decimal amount is that they got penalties in the past of a percentage amount, and then 
Liquipedia just assumed that you run with the floating numbers all the way. So the penalties just stay a decimal amount. But what Valve actually do is when you get a penalty, your current number gets rounded down to the nearest full number. And what that means is instead of the 10, 20.05 points that Liquipedia's model had outsiders getting, Valve's official model had them getting 1,019. So exactly one point less than Fnatic. Um, and the, the whole drama here isn't really necessarily the outcome. It's the fact that this wasn't seemingly communicated properly or because the teams themselves didn't know, right? Outsiders or VP were celebrating on Twitter. They were like, see you guys at TI, you know, like the team itself thought they were qualified. Mm. And that means that something in the communication here has gone wrong as it tends to. Um, and they were expecting to be the 12th team and they just weren't. And Fnatic just get this happy surprise. I imagine the players are insanely relieved because they were like, fuck, man, we missed out by as little as possible. And then they do in the end just get to qualify directly and go. Um, which, you know, in a way, I guess, I mean, obviously you're happy for them and you're sad for the outsiders, right? But you also need to look at the picture here that Fnatic, like you said, played the major with three stand-ins. So who knows if they had their full roster, this would have never been a problem. Um, they were unfortunate enough that it was three players that couldn't get a visa, right? Yeah. So their conditions were also just, the odds were definitely stacked against them. So Considering that, I'm happy for them more so. Um, yeah, but and I'll I'll end this part with just Liquipedia's tweet. Uh, they say we'd like to apologize for the confusion around the international qualified teams caused by the standings on the Dota 2 wiki. We are a third party website and rely on official information to display accurate information. A different interpretation of Valve rules led us to this. Led us to this. That's where they ended it. Mm -hmm. Valve are the ones in charge of the competition and is on them how to follow their own rules. However, we believe there's space for improvement on clarity. The upcoming DPC events, we will make sure to improve on clarity on our side as well. Recently, we also had some confusion around last minute changes on tiebreaker rules. That incident is yet another reason why we think pub publicly available rulebooks are important for any competition. So... It just yep. sounds like a communication right. thing. And I believe that this... Not this exact scenario, but the rounding down thing actually happened years ago, but it didn't make a difference. And yes, I think nobody, correct. I don't know if anybody noticed or I can't remember the exact scenario, but this kind of happened before, but not on this level. Yeah. Um, to my knowledge, Valve hasn't changed anything in how the DPC rankings and systems work. So it's the same as always, which is, uh, like you said, the rounding, but because it hasn't mattered in the past, people haven't like been up in arms about it or noticed. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, at the end of the day, if that's the system, that's fine. Like it, It's not like Valve's system here is, is flawed or there's anything wrong with it. It's fine to round down there if you want to do it. Just you know, People should just know it. The team should be aware of it. And especially if there's a hypothetical here uh, with this tournament uh, that it could become relevant, I think it should be communicated in advance so the players you know, and the orgs are aware. So they don't start spreading misinformation about being qualified to TI and, you know, maybe, you know, maybe something like that influences what fans try to get tickets to the event or uh, what news are generated about it. And it, it just looks bad for everyone if it ends up this way. So obviously it's not what Valve want either. Um, yep. I feel like it's just one of those so unfortunate yeah. things that happen. And I obviously Valve needs to communicate a little bit better, but at the same time, uh, that's just who they are. <laughs> 
And, right. and I mean, real. The other thing is, realistically speaking, this will never happen again, right? Yeah. Like, what are the odds, the odds of are, this? Yeah, it's it's within one DPC point with teams getting penalties. Mm -hmm. It's ridiculously unlikely. Yeah. I think that might have also been why it caught Valve off guard. To be honest, they might have thought like, you know, they're a data-driven company. They're like, this never happens. <laughs> well, that's the other thing. Like, I'm not. So, I'm just trying to think of the whole process. Why would you ever round down if it like? Okay, tell me how how they teach stuff teach this stuff in Europe in general. Like for us, if it's 0.5 or higher, you mm -hmm. round up all the time, right? But yeah. it sounds like based on what you said, if it was 0.9, they would still round down. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. You find that a little sense. odd? Um, I, it depends, right? Because you could, you could take the angle that the reason you're rounding is that you got a penalty, right? Mm. And the penalty should not be diminished. The penalty should be full. And if it should be anything else than full, it should be more than it, right? Mm. So if you if you round up in that scenario and you want to give a team minus 20% DPC points, then you would end up giving them minus 19.5 or whatever. And imagine that that in the end gets them over another team. Then they would be like, that's so unfair. They should have got a 20% penalty, not 19.5, right? Mm. So, I mean, I think for given the context of that, I think rounding down actually makes a lot of sense. It should just be communicated. That's it. Um, I think that is better to do than rounding out cleanly. Um, or you keep it floating, right? You keep it floating until the end, and then there's just no rounding, which is what Liquipedia did and thought was the case, that right. we ran it with two decimal points, which would be completely fine, you know? Mm. Um, I see. But if you do want to round, you should round down on penalties, for sure. Okay. <clears throat> uh, okay, moving on. Uh, <laughs> I saw a couple Reddit oh. threads about our extension during the PGL major, and obviously I didn't say anything because... Uh, I was employed by PGL at the time, and I mean, it's not like I had anything bad to say, honestly. I'll say exactly what I'm going to say. Um, mm -hmm. But essentially what happened was uh, PGL came out with their own extension for their stream, and a lot of people were complaining because it wasn't as good as ours, and they were, I mean, there was a big debate on Reddit. I, I read through every comment just to get an idea of, like, what people were thinking, and... Mm -hmm. Some people were under, first of all, a lot of misinformation, a lot, which is the only reason why I'm actually saying anything here. So let's clear up some misinformation. First of all, we go to every tournament organizer and offer our extension and we give a price point based on different uh, criteria, such as how big of an event it is, how long it is, how many viewership things we're expecting from it. Um, what package they want because they could get the basic package or a tournament package or even a sponsored package. Um, kind of simplified it recently and I'm willing to be a little bit more transparent on what that entails because there seems to be a misconception that <laughs> so many people, it's so weird reading comments and people are just mm -hmm. like, yeah, I heard that it's just really expensive. He should, Suns fans should just lower the price. I'm like, where have you heard the price from? How is that even possible? <laughs> all right, I'll just come out and tell you the price. First of all, I have no problem with other people trying to make their own extensions that are similar to ours. If they copy-paste code, that's obviously not okay. This is not what happened, though. So PGL doing that is no problem. We went to PGL, offered them the extension. They said no, they're making their own. I'm like, okay, cool. Now, the reason that mostly I'm okay with that is because, number one, it's not against the rules. Number two, uh, I have all the faith in the world that Buka is just better than literally any dev on the planet. Like, this guy is the most 
talented person in general I've ever met, period. He is a fucking god. He could, this is not an exaggeration. We talk about how Valve people are like the most talented people we've ever met. <clears throat> Buka, if he wanted a job at Valve, which he doesn't because he doesn't want to move there, if he applied tomorrow, he would instantly get a job. No questions asked. I would bet my entire house and my entire, all my income on it. He's that smart. Damn. Uh, so I'm not really worried about other people making a quote-unquote better extension than us. Then there's other people saying, I'm just going to go off on a fucking rant here, that it's very easy to make the... No. No, it's not. That's also a misconception. Okay, so how much do we charge for people? So again, it kind of varies, but let's say it's a full DPC season or a Tier 1 tournament like the PGL Major. It is around $5,000. That is equivalent... To about three days of a talent working. If you think that is that expensive, is... <laughs> then I don't know what to fucking tell you. An entire DPC season, this is, again, it's not, I'm taking about the average here. It's like three days of work for a talent to get paid that much. That is how much an extension is going to cost, okay? It's not very much at all. So just want to clear that uh, up that for what for what that is that is a very good uh that's a very good price point yes or I, when i say very good i meant it's honestly really good value we're not rather, trying to like bleed people dry that's not the intent here we're trying to keep the extension running and yeah we would like to make some profits it's not like we're literally living off of this shit like getting a ti contract is the big one if we can get that every year we'll be happy and then we can, that's the main reason we can offer this extension for a low-ish price to other tournaments, because if TI says okay every year, then we're going to be okay. Um, but what else was there? Uh, oh. I guess you should say when you, when you compare it to talent rates or whatever, that those vary quite a lot. And that's, that's also true. varies by tournament and it varies by talent, etc. So don't take that number at face value. It really depends. This is the uh, reason, because we... Obviously, talking about talent rates are not something that other people would want. And I wouldn't want that either because other people aren't comfortable with it. I'm just throwing around a general number where three days of work for like a top-tier talent will get around this pay, let's say. I don't think... It doesn't mean it's the exact number or anything like that. What I'm trying to say is that this is generally cheap. And I think mm. the thing that I'm trying to... We're trying to build with this extension is we want to keep... Because the server costs are... I mean, there's a lot of fucking server costs for this shit. Um, but we want to keep it free for the general community. So if we're able to continue to get contracts for TI and for third-party tournaments, we can keep it free for the whole community. That's the goal, to have that happen. And hopefully I didn't miss anything. But again, a lot, lot of horrible... Like, I can understand people being like missing... Like, like, okay, I don't know if this is true, but this is what I, like, fine. Saying something as if it's a fact when you're horribly wrong, horribly, like literally the opposite, and they're convinced. That's trending, though. And it's not just one person. Like, if it was just one person, I would just ignore them. It's like half the comments. How is that expensive? How? Anyway, that's my rant. Yeah. I mean, I, I will add on to that rant by saying that I feel like that is a thing that is becoming a bigger problem than it used to be is people spouting things like their facts when they either don't know or are just saying it maliciously right i feel like there's just 
not just in Dota, there's just so much misinformation and so many people just, for whatever reason, extremely convinced of something without being critical of it, right? Like, whatever that is. Uh, I don't think in Dota that it's any better or any worse than in other games or other industries or whatever. It's just it's just such a common thing nowadays for people not to be critical. And that's a big shame, honestly, <laughs> that there's not more of a critical approach to things. Yeah. Yep, I agree. All right. All right, so that's my rant. Sorry about that. Uh, next... A uh, very quick topic, the gameplay patch 7.32. Uh, this is what Valve posted in the end of their blog congratulating Team Spirit on winning the Arlington Major. As mentioned previously, gameplay patch 7.32 will arrive sometime before the international regional qualifiers, which I will actually have to look at the dates of that. It was beginning of September-ish, right? Let's see. Uh, Yes. September is that right? I think September fifth or something. Third qualifier starting. Third September third. So sometime generally in the next two ish weeks, uh, we will see a patch, which I think you and I and a lot of pros are expecting. Obviously, the balance aspect, but terrain changes and like kind of big change, like not like neutral items, but some sort Mm -hmm. of change to the map. Maybe have you changed your mind on expecting that? No, I mean this is what I that's what I want. I just don't know if I think the patch is gonna be that big so close to the qualifiers, right? That's when it says sometime yeah. before the qualifiers, it could literally be four days before the TI quality start. I don't know if they're gonna make map changes. Okay, so I feel like this is gonna be mind? another balance patch. Huh? What changed your mind? Because last time we talked about this, I was the one that was hoping for a patch, but was expecting it not to be drastic, mm-hmm. but you said they've done this before. Before TI, they've come out with big patches. Yep. I mean, this. I is... thought this patch was going to drop the day after the Arlington Major, and with this wording, I mm-hmm. don't think that's the case anymore. I think it's coming close to the qualifiers, and then I don't think they're going to make that big changes. Okay. So that's what changed my mind. So, like, if it came out August, when did the major end? Let's say it came out August fifteenth. Then I think they could have made very big changes and it would have been okay. But if you what's make the, huge changes three days before qualies, it's too much of a coin flow. What's the time flow. frame that you'd be? Is there like a? It's like two weeks. Is that I the think time two weeks before a, a major, like a really important qualifier, important event. That's enough time, I think, for it to be. F- con- I would consider that fair for everyone. If it's two days before, there's way too much randomness. Like it's just about who gets a really randomly good idea or just manages to run into something specific in pubs that other players don't experience and it's just mega broken on this new patch but if you give it two weeks there's also time for a rebalance right along the way um or something exploitable gets found out and gets sorted or like puck with witchblade (laughs) um yes please so yeah, I, I, I'm expecting rebalancing of heroes. I don't think we're getting big economy changes. I don't think we're getting big map changes. And then I just hope that... I mean, I would love to be wrong. I, I hope this. if this patch comes out in a few days, I think they can still do all that. If it comes out in over a week, I don't think they can do all that. Um, and if they don't, I'm imagining that post-TI, there's going to be one of the biggest patches ever uh, with more than one new hero, a map change, and item changes, and maybe system changes too. That's what I feel like we're due now. Because we've played on essentially this version of Dota for I don't know how long now. It feels like it's been a year and a half. 
I, I, it might even be more. Yes, it's been quite a while. Maybe it's been two years, actually. It's almost two years, I think, yeah. Yeah, so. I agree, though. Uh, yeah, so hopefully we get something juicy. Hopefully mm. it's sooner rather than later, because if it's sooner, I, I mean, I, now that I think about it, I agree. If it's too close to the qualities and you <laughs> change the map, that's yeah. not great for competitive... I don't know if competitive integrity is the right term, but uh, you know what I mean. Yeah, it just makes things too random. Like, you could argue it's the same for all players, which it is, but there will just be an inherent major randomness when the players have one or two days to prepare instead of 14. So. Yeah. Uh, okay, next thing on the list. Again, kind of a small topic. Well, small in terms of how much we were able to talk about since it's a lot of it's speculation, but TI tickets went on sale and they sold out instantly. And they went to a bunch of scalpers. So that sucks. Um, it especially sucks because it's... Well, first of all, it's TI. And this has happened before, I feel like, a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And it's the first TI since TI9 that we're going to have an audience again. And that's not just two. That's three years, right? That is a ridiculous yeah. amount of time. And it's in Singapore, which, you know, SEA audience is always super hype. Now you have these fucking scalpers. It's already a super expensive area to try to book a hotel and all that garbage. And now you got to overpay to try to get a ticket. Like, I don't know who's at fault here. I don't even know how any of this works, but it's just one of those really shitty ass situations. Yeah. So I, <clears throat> I read about. Yeah, I, I read a lot of the comments and what people were talking about with this and some other threads. And part of the problem is when you're renting a venue, that venue has a partnership with a ticket supplier. So you have to use their services if you're using that venue. So you're kind of at the mercy of, let's say it's Ticketmaster, for example, which I think is the biggest ticket distributor in the world, right? If they have a partnership with that venue, everything that venue sells goes through Ticketmaster. And the like the the motivation for that is that Ticketmaster obviously gets a percentage on every sale uh, and the venue needs a reliable and trustworthy way of reaching a lot of people to sell their tickets. So it's just, you know, from a business standpoint, it makes a lot of sense to have it like that. It's just it's just a good way of organizing it. The problem is Ticketmaster, apparently, uh, from what I've heard, it has some, you know, aside from maybe some scummy practices or arguably too high cuts they take or whatever, the issue is that there's no moderation about scalping, as far as I'm aware. The tickets go on sale, whoever gets them gets them, and that's it. Ticketmaster has made their money, and the, the loser is the venue who doesn't guarantee that, uh, that they're going to get a full house, right? Um, that said, I also think that the representation that there's going to be in a forum like Reddit, where people are really passionate about the game and are showing up, and they're like, I didn't get a ticket, is that people are immediately going to gravitate to all the tickets are scalped, right? We don't know how big a percentage of them actually got scalped. Let's say there's 5K tickets and there's like 50 of them on sale on a, on a homepage, right? How many of the tickets actually went to fans that are just going to go? Maybe it's 90%, maybe it's 95%, maybe it's 10 mm. Like, I don't fucking know. Uh, scalping is absolutely a problem, but I just can't... Like, we can't speak for how many of the tickets actually are getting scalped like this. And... I mean, one is more than too many, I would agree. Uh, but I just, I would imagine it's really, really hard to police this. 
Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I read something about the tickets being tied to you in some way so that if other... If somebody buys the ticket and they sell it, sell it to someone else, that ticket can't even be used. So if that's the case, then the scalpers are actually relying on people being misinformed, if that is true. Because then the ticket is unusable by anyone else than themselves, and they need to sell it. Mm. Or they need to go. Um, but, I mean, it's, it's always shit uh, with this. I, I personally am not too worried that we're going to, you know, have half of the tickets not be used. I don't think that's going to be the case. Uh, obviously, some people are going to make some money off this in a kind of disgusting way. Uh, but I'm still hopeful that most of the tickets are from people who authentically wanted to go. And there's also plenty of people in the comments saying, hey, I got my tickets. I'm so excited. It worked out for me. Or who were like, oh, I didn't get it in the first batch when everything was immediately sold out, but I kept trying and two hours later, tickets opened up and I got those, right? So, like, who knows, right? It's... uh. It's hard to say, but... Yep, shitty situation. Yep. Uh, hopefully, uh, <laughs> hopefully the crowd will be full. I don't know. What if it ends up just these scalpers can't sell it and just nobody shows up? That would be really... That would just be like TI-10 again, I guess. I mean, in a way, that is what would kill scalping, right? As if you can't well, get rid of your tickets, then it's just a major loss for you. But then it's a major loss for us for this year, too, right? Absolutely, yeah, of course. I'm, but for for it to be a thing, you obviously need to be able to get. That's the thing with scalpers, right? They're taking a risk, essentially. I guess you're not taking a risk on certain things where you're absolutely positive you can sell your stuff, right? If you get a ticket to a major pop concert, somebody is going to want your ticket, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but for this, if especially if if you can't even transfer it and it to be used, then if people do their research, like. That's probably enough people going to fall for it. I don't know. It's just something I read, so I don't know if that's confirmed. And I don't know what Valve would do. Like, let's say you buy a ticket. You're like, I really wanted to go. This is my favorite event of the year. I'm a huge fan of Dota. You show up to the venue. You have your ticket. And they're like, no, you don't own this ticket. And like, I couldn't get a ticket. I had to buy it from a scalper at double the price. And you can prove to them that you bought it. I mean, what do you do, right? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Hopefully they come out with some information about yeah. that, but no clue. Next segment is the sap segment playing dota 2 requires oh. skills like multitasking pattern recognition strategizing leadership and social skills sap is looking for exactly those skill sets in various areas like development and technology sales and consulting put your stamp on sap's market leading portfolio used by 94 percent of the world's 500 largest companies and bring your skills to work with the latest technologies join a dynamic and diverse group of people and develop your career Check out SAP's open positions at jobs.sap.com or by clicking the link in the description of the video. All right. You got your question, big boy? I do. What's do the you score want it again? First again? Three. I think you're up three and two. Two. Right? Sure. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. Okay. Across all of the. What is it? It's still 7.07 .07 and onward. Ticketed games. Which hero has the total highest building damage? So across all games. Okay. Is it A, Nature's Prophet, B, Tiny, C, Juggernaut, or D, Terrorblade? Okay, I'm gonna... Is this a red herring? Are you trying to... Did you put Tiny in there because he's not the top damage, or because it's so obviously he's the I top mean, damage? That could be many reasons. Alright, I'm gonna just eliminate 
Terrorblade and Jug right away. You said it's tiny in nature's profit. Yeah. I, I know what, fuck it. I'm not getting tricked. I'm saying tiny. Alright, that is incorrect. God, I hate you. Uh, he has the worst score of all of them. Tiny is ninth. Oh my... Do you want a second guess? Well, my second guess would have been Nature's Prophet, but I'm guessing that's incorrect. That is incorrect. He's the third highest of the Wait, four. Is this the highest, fifth. highest total per game or... Total building damage across all games. Just total accumulated. Yeah. yeah. So Juggernaut or Terrorblade? Okay. Terrorblade? It's Jug. God I couldn't believe it. it. <laughs> I was like, How? I was like, there's no way. How? It is Jug. By a by very little over Terrorblade. Terrorblade is second what out of all heroes. Jug is number How? How is Tiny? I wonder first? why Tiny's so I think it's obviously easy to have like recency bias, and we remember the last few years of Dota, right? But for many, many, many years, Tiny did not do very much building damage, right? He was played as support. When he was core, he didn't have he didn't always have the tree ags, right? Like we're that far back in Dota now. I that thought he had that ags for a long time. I, he did, but and I don't was, think he had it he since seven zero seven, right? I don't think he was ever support back in the day, right? It's it's like mixed, I think. But obviously, every single game Tiny gets played as support, his building damage sucks. And I know this isn't averaged out, but that means that in that game, the Tiny pick will not do damage. Every game Jugger is picked, he's a carry, right? So he will always do building damage. And so will Terrorblade. That's why they're so high, I guess. And Nature's Prophet's probably the similar story, right? A lot of the picks are supports. So in those games, they probably don't do so much building damage. Okay. Wow. But yeah, I was surprised. I would have definitely got this wrong as well. Like, I, hey. All right. Well, I suck still. But that's what I do, generally. Uh, all right. So my question is, who has the lowest win percentage of all time when no shard is purchased? Oh. Okay. A non-shard question. When not having Wait, shard. Wait, so what does that mean? When they don't have one or nobody has it in the game? No, no. Just them. When they do not buy a shard for themselves. Who has the lowest win percentage of all time? I get four options, right? You get four options, yes. Did you forget to give me options? No, I'm just making sure that I okay. took the right picture, and it looks okay. like I did not. So you're going to have to entertain the stream while I look this up again. All right. Let's, uh, let's sing a song. We say... Th <laughs> Keep it up. Not done yet. <laughs> there is. I feel like... Did I not take this correctly? All right, hold on. Well, I have plenty of time to look at heroes now, so that's great. All right, so I, I said shard, right? Yes. All right, I took the wrong picture. That's why. Wait, oh. Did I take a picture of the highest winner? No, I, I have no idea what I took a picture of. All right? Okay. So I'm just going to give you the bottom four in no particular okay. order, okay? There's okay. Bristleback, Silencer, Dawnbreaker, Grimstroke. So the hero does not have shard. Lowest win percentage. Hmm. And when, how long is this again? Since shards came out. So that's 
Part of the question is whether this includes games before shards existed. I don't know. Okay. That, that doesn't <laughs> influence things a little bit. It might influence a little bit, but that's fine. Okay, I'm going to assume... Actually, you know what? Whether or not, I'll take the same here. I'll pick Dawnbreaker. Okay, incorrect. God damn it. She was second to last, though. So, in yeah, order... That's probably Silencer. Silencer, 45.02% win rate. Bristleback, 43.85. Dawnbreaker, 43.35. And the worst percentage is Grimstroke with 43.1. Really? Yes. Damn. That is pretty bad. It's quite bad, yes. Surprised me too. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's get to the question from last week for the community. And the question was, which hero has the highest win rate in games over 60 minutes? Correct answer was Slark, apparently, which nobody got correct. Uh, out of 129,000 ticketed games since May of 2012, Slark has a win rate of 61.5% in 265 games. So just to give you guys some... It actually makes so much sense when you see the answer. Yeah. This one actually makes sense. It does make sense. It yeah. really does. So the hero with the most 60-minute games in general is Rubik with 772. The lowest win rate in 60-minute games is Marcy with 17 games. Um, my answer was Nature's Prophet. Yours was Enigma. Mine was the 52nd rank. Yours was 38th rank. So you win again. Congrats. I can't believe Enigma is 38th highest win rate after an hour. Yeah. It feels like Enigma crushes late game, but still. So the, just barely over 50% win rate. The closest That's guess so was two people. Both Ivan Chez and Vijesh Stha both guessed Spectre. Uh, in 60-minute games, he had a w or she had a win rate of 60.8%. Um, the second Which best. is the second best behind Slark. Yeah. So, congratulations to you guys. Just well done. Damn it. If Very somebody would have guessed Slark, that would have been pretty dope, though. But yeah, Spectre is definitely a good choice, too. All right, and next week's question is from Yvonne Chez as well. Uh, their question was, which hero has the highest average for getting first blood? That's a cool one. Uh, so the hero matters, and if no one is correct, it'll be checked just like this week for who is closest in terms of the ranking. So if you want to try to give it a guess, go into the comment section, type in hashtag SAP Esports, and the hero name. This is since 7.00. So just to clarify, this is the hero that gets most first bloods on average, where they get the last hit, right? Yes. So you and I can guess. Okay. It's just impossible, man. I have two guesses, and I don't know which one I like more. Uh, what lane are you thinking? I don't think it's in lane. I think it's before lane starts. On but average? It'll probably be in the off lane for one team. Not the mid lane. Yeah, it, it feels like it wouldn't be mid, right? No. It would be a side laner, and yeah. it will generally be, more often than not, it will be the carry getting the kill rather than the support, right? Most of the time. Because sometimes I... the support will let the carry get it. Yes. And sometimes they won't. Uh, okay, I'm going to say... Juggernaut. Oh my god, why? Why? 
That was my guess. Oh, now I feel way less confident about it. Can I change? <laughs> All right, let me bring up the hero list again. I had a second hero, but it's not a carry. And you kind of convinced me that it should be a carry. Um, wait. Okay. I'm going to have a second guess that's just like a dark horse, oh. okay? Yours is Jug. You've already locked it in. Uh -huh. Mine is actually going to be Gyrocopter. So that's also a very good guess. 7.00. I mean, his flat, his yeah. uh, Rocket Barrage did a shit ton of damage. I'm going to say yeah, Gyro. Gyro is definitely good. Both of these heroes have to be in the top 50. I have a support that's a dark horse, which is... Maybe top 25. Which is Tusk, as a tag team mm. specialist. Uh, but he might not be getting the last hit, so I don't know. But yeah, I'll go, I'll go with Gyro. All right. All right. Put your answers in. We'll see who's correct. All right. Next thing on the list, T1 has made an announcement. They've officially added Anna and Topson, who is, they call him a stand-in still. Yeah. I don't know what that I means. So if I were to of, guess, go ahead. They, Carl and Gabby, right? Yeah. So they've swapped out Carl and Gabby. Uh, I don't think their new team has been announced, right? But I'm assuming they will play the qualifiers. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I've missed it if it was, but yeah. So the wording here, it feels like. So if I were to guess, Anna is just signed on a contract with T1, and Topson is signed on a contract until TI. That's my guess here. Is that he will play with the team until TI, but he doesn't want to lock himself in for a longer contract because he wants to have other options afterwards. But I think the team saw a lot of value in getting these two players together. Oh boy. And this is exciting. I, I feel like, to me, this is one of those things that's either going to absolutely crash and burn or it's going to go really well. I don't, I don't think T1 is going to get like a, an okay placement uh, with this. So they do need to play qualifiers, right? Yes. Yeah, so they need to play the qualies. Um, I don't know which way you're leaning, if you think this is going to be amazing or not great. There's no way to know. I have no clue. I mean, Anna, so would... I'll be honest, didn't look particularly good at the major. He got a lot of shit for a Terrorblade game. He played with RNG. I, uh, I watched that game, yeah. I, I think the, the plays and the moments that were highlighted... Uh, oh, wait, maybe that's not the game I'm thinking of. Where the panel was also talking about how he was like out of position making mistakes. I actually think... The stuff that I saw on screen, that was not, like, it was just really, really hard for him, actually. I, I don't know. I'm not going to say, I'm not a carry expert. I'm not going to say he played a great game. But I think perhaps it was painted worse than it actually was how he individually performed. I think it was just difficult in some of the situations to do what needed to be done. Mm. Um, was that the same game I was casting? Man. I can't remember if it was terrible or not, but he bought an MKB, which I think we were casting. No, it was the one. Yeah, he was casting. He bought MKB, sold MKB by mistake, and then he bought it again later, right? Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. And yeah. I think that is uh the, that's obviously a big mistake. Well, it's not just <laughs> but that, the but the itemization in general, MKB wasn't even yeah. good that game. That's true. I, I will agree that his itemization was poor, but the way he played fights in the replays was just difficult. But yeah, I think itemization was his biggest mistake of the whole game, for sure. Uh, then again, it was just one game. And then maybe it would have looked like I didn't get to yeah. cast a lot of him. So that was kind of my one thing that stuck mm -hmm. out to me. But it was kind of bad at the time. And something not to underestimate about this move is not that you're just getting, you know, like two names with a lot of pedigree and star power. But these two players, I think, play around each other exceptionally well, which was why OG worked so well with them together. Um, 
So if they can find that magic again, that will be very good. I think I think Topson was a huge part in making Ana good in the server, is the way he plays mid. Mm. Um, and if they can, you know, build that dynamic again where Topson is like super aggressive, uh, high risk, high reward kind of player, and Ana is that very stable rock that gets a lot of farm, and you have Topson, you know, focus on rotating and making sure Ana's lane goes well, then I think these two can work very, very well together. So they've done it before, twice. Um, now the question is how they're going to gel with an SEA team, because that's new, right? Uh, there's going to be cultural, cha- uh, cultural differences, there's going to be differences to approach to practice, there's going to be differences in how they are socially to what they're used to with OG. Uh, and as always, like I love to say, stuff outside of the game matters a lot for your success in the game. Yeah. So that's just, you know, that's just impossible to see. Maybe they'll gel great. Uh, maybe it will be very professional and just straight business. I don't know. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Yep, only time will tell. All right, next topic is ESL1 Malaysia. Uh, talent and everything has been announced. It's going to be between the 23rd of this month and the 28th. And I saw you are going to mm-hmm. be there, Cinderin. Wow. Yeah. Um, I, I got invited not too long ago. I actually wasn't expecting to get another event until fingers crossed TI. Um, but yeah, I, I expressed interest in working the event a while ago and then they contacted me. So, uh, I don't know if there was, you know, room for one more or if somebody canceled or if there's some sort oh, of somebody canceled. Or... All right. You're a backup <laughs> now. <laughs> I mean, whatever it was the, my main point here is that I was invited relatively close to the event considering it's in Malaysia. Um, mm. So, you know, whatever the reason is, it, it doesn't matter anyway. It was just a pretty late invite, but I'm, you know, I'm happy to go. This is my second event in SEA, actually. The only other one I've been to is the Manila Major. Really? Um, I didn't realize yes, that. That's the only other time I've been in Southeast Asia. Mm. Uh, I've been to China once only? Shanghai? No, twice, right? Shanghai Major and TI in Shanghai, I think. Yeah. So those are the times I've been in Asia. And I've heard a lot of good stuff about Malaysia's food in particular, which is, you know, something I'm an absolute sucker for. So that's exciting. Um, If you have a chance... Go ahead. Continue. I get to to meet my my good old friend Winter, which is something the community is super excited about. Obviously, he used to do a lot of talent work. uh, And then he quit essentially he just stopped doing talent work for a while i think he became a dad and then i think he had other priorities or whatever but in malaysia he's there uh, i don't know if esl reached out to him or he was like hey guys remember me i live in malaysia <laughs> this is kind of my home so uh it's, i think it's super cool that he gets to go i'm curious how much in tune with the game winter actually still is because he used to be very very good at especially drafting Oh yeah, he would uh, call every. I mean, we He's very good at calling picks. It's the last time um, we worked together. Was so. that DAC? Like at the BTS house, like years ago. Ugh. That was the final event Might that been... Bruno was working as well. I think, or maybe I'm thinking. Yeah, of that event. sounds right. But that sounds right. Winter, Winter was, was definitely there. there, and I was paneling with him some of the time and casting with you some of the time, right? Um, yeah. I think. Yeah, I'm curious to see that. But yeah, the people are seem very positive and optimistic about the talent announcement here and the people that are there. And I should also say, remember, I don't know how much we were talking about that with the Arlington Major, that people were like, oh, where is this person? Where's that person? Are they skimping out? Why isn't this person invited? My favorite talent isn't there, blah, blah, blah. I think overall, ESL Arlington was really good. And I think some people definitely impressed and won people over. 
that they might not have been, you know, because they're just not familiar with them. But I think everybody did a very good job. Um, so hopefully, you know, a lot of the haters got silenced with that. Considering how many new or less, how to say, less exposed talents we had at that event, the overall feedback, I would say, was overwhelmingly positive. Where sometimes it's like yep. a mixed bag or a lot of negative stuff or like front page on Reddit threads about this talent sucks or why are they there. Like for the most part, this time was very positive. So that was that was really good. Uh, really good to see. Yep, I agree. Uh, uh, but yeah, I'm excited for this, obviously. Um, actually flying out, my flight is in two days. So it's very soon. Because um, obviously I need to fly early since I'm flying east. So you travel an extra amount of hours there and I need to have two layovers. It's I think my total travel time to get to the hotel is about 24 hours. So this will be quite the trek. Um, so the first time and only but, time I've ever been to Malaysia, I barely remember, Cinderin. Mm-hmm. I was probably six or so, seven, oh, maybe. Oh, wow. Okay. So like 50 years ago. And I always have one memory that I still remember to this day that I hope you'll have time to do. And I don't know the names of anything. But mm-hmm. there's a temple somewhere with a okay. really long, really high staircase where there's monkeys just like walking around all over the place really high staircase and i don't remember if it's at the bottom or at the top but somewhere inside the temple there were snakes that were drugged that you could put around your neck and i thought that was really cool very i don't think that's my kind of jam cinderin you have an issue trying new things okay other than appetizers that seems to be your go-to for some reason okay just try to put a snake on I your I will head. try new food. I promise you that much. Try to put I will a snake. definitely try food I've never had before. Nothing bad's going to happen. It's just a snake. What are they going to do? Yeah. It's drugged. Eh, maybe. Give it a whirl. But what about the monkeypox, Shannon? It's monkeys. Yeah, apparently monkeypox does not come from monkeys. No, it doesn't. Very ironic, I know. Yeah. All right. Uh, Actually, the WHO is looking for a new name. Did you hear that? Yes, I think it's because they found it offensive to monkeys. Is that right? They're looking for a new name for the virus because the current name is misleading. And they've, <laughs> it's literally just an open forum where people can suggest what to name it. It's not just like a... I think everybody can submit their suggestion. Can we call it the Trump virus? That would be great. <laughs> do you remember? <laughs> Trump pox. Do you, do you remember when uh, there was this... Um, there was this contest or whatever, and the, the thing that got the most votes was what they would name it. And then the boat, it was, it was the naming of a boat or something. And the one that got the most votes was Bodie McBoatface. <laughs> so they had to name the boat that. Yeah, it's always imagine a mistake. People, uh, <laughs> imagine people did that with the virus. It's, the, it's not just open forum. It's the one that gets the most votes. What do you think would win? Yeah, it, letting the community choose that stuff can be a slippery slope. There's a, there's a community college in Scottsdale called Scottsdale Community College. It's in Phoenix. Oh, and they, that's a pretty good name. A long time ago, they let the school vote on the mascot name, okay? Mm-hmm. So like, you know, I used to go to a school called Chaparral, so it was the Chaparral Firebirds or whatever, right? So this school mm-hmm. is the Scottsdale Community College Fighting Artichokes, and they are still called that to this day. <laughs> <laughs> The fighting artichokes. 
And I always find that absolutely hilarious. Uh, that is so bad. It's so bad it's good, is what you meant to say. All right, let's see what the best suggestions were from chat for the name of the virus. Poximac Pox Face. It's a classic there. All right, there weren't many suggestions. That's okay. I understand. All right, final topic, which we haven't even discussed, and it might just be a very short one until next week, perhaps. Dragon's Blood yep. Season 3 came out. Yep. I finished it. I'm guessing you didn't. I have not finished it. Okay, so how about next week? That's your deadline, which is plenty of time. Um, to finish the season, oh, yeah, you'll be in Malaysia though. How's that going? Yeah, work? I don't know. So it's a little bit TBD about the next episode, right? About whether we can record it because the time difference is going to be absolute shit, right? Yeah, true. When I'm in Malaysia and you're in the U.S., so we'll see about recording that episode in general. Might be and better. And I honestly actually. don't know. I don't know if I would have watched the whole season before then. How many episodes have you seen? You piece of garbage. The first one only of the season. What is wrong with so, you? This is literally your so job. I, you, to watch Dragon's Blood? It's just obviously part of your job. Like, I'll be honest. Okay, you know what? Before you, before you go off on a rant again on something completely relevant where you're wrong. Okay. Would you agree that this was the best season without going into any specifics? Because the feedback that I've seen in general is people saying this was the best one. Yes, this is the best season. Okay. Good. Okay. I'm not going to go into detail. Good. I'm not going to spoil anything, no. but I will say mm -hmm. that I was, was like clearly better. Yes. If this was, what's the best way to put this? If I had no ties to Dota, mm -hmm. I would not have watched past season two. I would literally, I mean, I was not excited. I was actually dreading watching season three because two was such a heaping pile of absolute fucking shit. But Damn, and you still gave it a 5 out of 10. Season 3 <laughs> is pretty good. Yeah, I thought it was... I mean, right. I have complaints still, of course, but... Mm -hmm. how, it takes like a couple hours to finish them all. What, is, what do you do all day? I understand. You have two days. That's plenty of time. <sighs> yeah. Just, Maybe I'll watch Just finish it, you piece of garbage. We'll talk... We'll review it next week, whenever Cinder and can, and I will spoil it for him if he hasn't watched it. That's the deal. That is not a deal. That's the deal. You shook I'll on it. I'll say that... Okay, my deal is in two weeks. Two weeks? You realize yeah, so. in two weeks, the battle pass will be out. The patch will be out. <laughs> That's some copium. Okay, shit? maybe it will. Who gives a maybe shit about be. Dragon's Blood in two weeks? Honestly. Okay. All right, guys. You need to make sure to tweet at Cinderin every day to remind him to... In fact... You should be tweeting every time you watch an episode to keep our audience up to date on what the hell you're doing with your life right now, okay? Think you can do that? No. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of the episode. Hopefully, we can review Dragon's Blood Season 3 next week. Until next time, Suns fans, Cinderin signing out. Goodbye and good luck in Malaysia, Cinderin. Peace. Bye. Get that snake. We Subscribe, but thanks for motherfuckers.